And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel. For my last full day on location here in Victoria, I'll be flying back to Ontario tomorrow night. You're, go, you're going back to the big city. To the big city. Well, I say big city, but this is a bigger city that I stay in. When <laughs> I am back home in Ontario, I live in the bumfuck country. <laughs> <laughs> it is called that, by the way. I don't know why I moved there. <laughs> For the interesting people you meet oh, with man. eye patches. <laughs> oh, so interesting. <laughs> but yes, I've had many an adventure out here. It's been fun. What have you been up to, Matt? Uh, not really a lot. Uh, we're in the middle of like holidays from like my college and everything. So I've just been sort of catching up on projects and stuff and all that sort of stuff, catching up with stuff on reviews since I'm behind on quite a few. Nice. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's always nice to have some time to catch up on stuff. I'm behind on stuff since I'm out here. Can you believe I haven't seen the last episode of Westworld yet? I don't know what people were upset about. (laughs) <laughs> really people were upset yeah some people didn't like it i don't know i mean i've been enjoying this season so far they'd have to really do something to make me not like it i i enjoyed it well then if you liked i'm probably gonna like it too because we like a lot of the same things <laughs> uh, i'll be happy to get back to my console and play some bit more video games although since i've been out here i've been forced to really get into steam and the steam summer sale was on so i got some great games at great prices <laughs> I do have to warn you, though, those Steam summer sales, they they become a a curse. (laughs) They get you. Oh, I bet they get you. I I had to watch myself. I'm like, no, Joel, Joel, it's your birthday on the 16th. No, don't. Don't go spending too much money because you might want to spend something else and you might know, but Way of the Samurai is only eight bucks. (laughs) Darkest Dungeon and Chroma Squad must have. (laughs) And I did. And it's fun. And they're both good games. They're both really good games. i got to get back to streaming more. I actually found out, because obviously we do our show via OBS, but there is like a Twitch stream version of OBS. That way you can get like your little cup for the bits and everything, like real big boy streamers. Oh, wow. That's cool. Like what they have. So I was trying to get that doing. And like also you can get the chat and put it on your window. But that's always so confusing to me because I'm not looking at the OBS window when I play. I'm looking at the game window. And there's a lot of streaming. I don't know yet. I see why people that's their job and that takes up like a whole day. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it as like a I'll just do it for like 15 minutes or so. Exactly. Also, my hair isn't colorful enough. My hair is only brown. I I need to dye an interesting color. you need to you need to you know reference the color book and then choose the the brightest neon color <laughs> that works for you. What's the brightest shade that works for you? <laughs> Although I will say my beard is getting to the length now that you know I could dye it crazy colors and keep my hair just normal. There you go. You could be that crazy Twitch streamer with the colorful beard. I could be that guy. It's a growth market. Also, my beard's getting long <laughs> enough, too. I could bet it on things where it's like, Matt, I think you're wrong. I believe so strongly in this. I bet my <laughs> beard. If I'm wrong, I have to cut it. <laughs> Chin beards are like Dothraki braids for internet personality. Is I have never been defeated <laughs> in a flame war, and so my beard has only grown longer. <laughs> But if I am defeated and shamed and pwned, then I must cut my beard in shame. (laughs) And on that note, everyone, uh, this show is going to be a little different. There was no real news this week, was there, Matt? No, it was a very, very dry week on news. It was such a dry week. I don't think anyone would blame us for not having a show at all, but we're not those kind of people. We are going to have a show. 
It's just going to be structured a little differently. We're actually going to talk about at least two of the books we read, because I feel these are big conversations in and of themselves at the top of the show. And then the latter half of the show will all be taken up by Ant-Man and Wasp spoiler, because thankfully I was here in a big major city, so I actually got to see it around the same time you saw it. Yeah, this guy. I actually saw it the same time as like it was coming out in the US, and mainly right. that was mainly due. That was like two days after it come out here, and that was mainly because I didn't have any transport mm. at the time. So yeah, which never happens that you and I see a movie around basically the same time. Yeah, usually I'm a couple of days before you. Usually you see it a couple of days before me, and then you like troll me with uh, spoilers <laughs> that may or may not be true. Man, can you believe Ant Man killed the wasp and ate her entrails? <laughs> Was really unexpected. <laughs> can you believe Hank Pym fucked that coconut for like three minutes? And uh, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I could believe that. I believe that that happened. It's Michael Douglas. Michael, they just let the camera run. You know, this was this was art. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna lose this. <laughs> Can you believe Lawrence Fishburne was like, man, that Perry White guy sure does suck. I could totally kick his ass in a fight. <laughs> no one was expecting that. He's going all Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern on us. <laughs> but yes, everyone, that's that's for the latter half of the show. This first half, I figured we talk about two two big things that happened in the world of comics in particular two big things that happened in the world of uh DC comics we had uh the man of steel issue number 6 the finale to Brian Michael Bendis's Superman miniseries that will be kicking off his action and Superman run as well as Batman number 50 the big batacular wedding or was it no it wasn't <laughs> it, it literally wasn't yeah it literally was nothing it was it was advertised to be man Tom King, if they gave an award for blue ballsing people for two years, <laughs> like about yeah. two years. Yeah, well, so, uh, let's talk about issue 50 then. <laughs> where, where, where do we start with this? I don't I don't even know. So for, for one, it's not even told in a traditional story way. The way they no. did it was is that they got some of the best artists in the comic industry, which th they came and delivered. You know, no doubt they did their jobs. Everyone got a page, and then Tom King rambled on top of these pages for, like, an extra... It wasn't even 22 pages. It was extra length, and then at the end, no wedding happened. Yeah, the, those, um... The, 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 yeah, the way the book's structured is so weird because it's like it's like they wrote the story and they had it all there, and they're like, okay, well, the, it's issue 50, and so far all our issues that are, like, big numbers have been big anniversary issues. Yep. So we, we need to, like, pad this out. What do we do? Oh, well, we have all these variant covers that we didn't use, so we'll just, just write a story on top of them. Just pop them. That's, that's pop exactly them. what happened. And, I mean, some of them are beautiful. Some of them are really good. Amanda yeah. Connor had one. There's some really nice ones that I really enjoyed. Unfortunately, I had to read the story around it, though, which, again, is multiple pages of Batman being like, oh, Catwoman's so great. And did I tell you how great Catwoman is? You know, she she shows her eyes a bunch, but, like, I cover my eyes all the time, and, like, no one else does that. Is she so great, Catwoman? Yeah, and Catwoman's like, eh, I, I don't really like Bruce. Just, uh, it's, it's, I, I wish it was what you said, Matt. If it was what you said, she's like, meh, bored now. That would almost be keeping in character. But no, the reason she comes to that why she can't marry Batman is so goddamn simplistic. It's almost childish. And I can't believe it took two years before Tom King to be like, wait, 
I can't marry Batman, he'll be happy. And if Bruce is happy, he can't be Batman no more. And who's going to defeat all the villains? I, I want to know where he ca- he got that idea that Batman can't be happy and still yeah. be a hero. Yeah, also, like, where is that written? Yeah, yeah, is that like some lore or something that we haven't, that we've never seen? Well, d- don't forget that uh, Tom King's idealized version of Batman is a clinically depressed, suicidal man who dresses up in a bat costume because that's the way he chooses to die for some reason. Yeah, and that, that that's like the, the, the big thing of this issue because obviously now Batman's got PTSD because the, the, the wedding didn't happen. Also, and it was all, all part of Bane's plan. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's let's double back on this one. Also, the, what do you mean if there's no Batman who's going to defend Gotham City? Last time I checked, you can't swing a dead cat man without hitting someone in a cape who is some <laughs> manner of superhero. Yeah, in Gotham as well. You got all the Bat family. You got uh, Dick, who would probably become Batman. Who has yeah. in the past and done a pretty yeah. good job of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like all you know. You can have him be happy. We've seen that with like Superman, yes. where he got married, had a kid, and everything. And, still and that would have been job. like, and that would have been a really good like sort of kind of like how they're they're polar opposites, Superman and Batman, yeah. where Superman got the wife and then the kid, Batman got the kid, then the wife. Yeah. And again, too, it's just like really, man. Fifty issues, two years, and this was your grand summation. This is this is what yeah. you had. But it's like, yeah. But Batman can be really sad and depressed now. Like he was sad and broody before, but now he gets to be extra broody. Ooh. What bold new ground you're breaking, sir? This this also ticked me off too. Again, all the unanswered questions. Where it's like, okay, hey, let's get married tonight. Wait, so you mean you had a venue, you had all this other stuff picked out that was getting covered in the Tim Seeley tie-ins, but mm-hmm. you're ditching all of that to just have a wedding and ignoring all the other characters and all the other story you built that, up in the tie-ins? That felt, like, personal, like like Tom King saying, like, no, you, you spent all these money on, all this money on these tie-ins. Like, no, nah, they don't matter anymore. Yep. The, the, people were saying they were better than my stories. You know, fuck them. I'm, I'm junking it all in one go, or... What also probably happened is like, oh, well, I wasn't even going to do tie-ins. And DC's like, oh, well, but we have to do tie-ins, though. How come yeah, and they ended up, ended up being better than the actual thing. And they, by and large, ended up being better than the thing. That was, that was annoying. The fact that, once again, she walks down the aisle in a stolen dress that no one ever looks twice about. That she's marrying this uber vigilante or the law is the law and you can't break the law. But she's breaking the law all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and... That also also the fact that he got like a judge that was an alcoholic and yes. like his whole his whole game was like oh he'll be too drunk to recognize bruce wayne as batman what? like batman would never take that risk what a what a hero taking advantage of this man's chemical dependency also way to name him after marv wolfman to which even wolfman's like really dude you named yeah. the drunk dumb judge after me seriously yeah yeah <laughs> other creators were getting quite backhandedly aggressive yeah i I saw it all (laughs) there was some really fun ones where you know uh where where he was trying to do damage control because i i think we can come out and say this matt and i weren't big fans of it people weren't big fans of it and generally actually across the board for a number of different reasons uh one guy wrote there his name escapes me but he was a dc writer and he's like wow so uh another 50 issues huh you know a whole hundred issue plan for batman you know when i worked for dc they said my five-year hawkman book was uh too much of an undertaking nice to see things have changed since (laughs) just the backhanded vitriol was num 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 tasty 
Yeah, and yeah, again, he's like threatening us with another fifty issues, saying like, "Oh, if you just just hold on for another fifty issues, we'll get there. We'll get there." Like, really, you couldn't have done this in like twenty five issues. Just just wait another two years, and I'll fix this. I'm gonna start saying that now yeah. every time I screw up. Ah, oh, guys, I'm sorry the podcast was late, but give me two years, and I'll fix it. You're gonna Tom King it. I'm a Tom King this problem, man. Every time I get in trouble now, ah, I mean, you know, just just give me just give me two years. Just give me two years and I'll <laughs> fix this whole problem. I'll turn this whole ship around, you'll see. <laughs> just what a what a thing. And like you could tell like it hit him a little bit on Twitter and like he was trying not to uh admit that this was getting to him but he's like oh you know I, I didn't agree with the new york times spoiling you know this is this is all about their love i promise i promise because this was one of those things where it's like wow literally everyone was disappointed because if you were a fan yeah. of the batman catwoman marriage you didn't get what you wanted mm -hmm. if you weren't a fan of the batman catwoman marriage and you thought it was stupid and the fact that catwoman admits it's stupid you feel even stupider where it's like why did it take you this long yeah yeah 50 issues <laughs> and even if you're just a casual fan who's not following any of that you're still disappointed because it's like wow really so after all this build-up just nothing yeah and, and that's the thing like dc like just built it up like the solicitation said there was going to be one i think they're releasing like a wedding album for yes, it though that, that that's probably going to be scrapped by now probably they have a wedding um, soundtrack to like a wedding spotify list oh my oh my god oh they went uh, all I, in on this i i know stores did like 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 weddings quote-unquote where they had like people dressed up as batman and catwoman getting married and i think dc even said they're gonna like cover the costs of local comic stores like for parties they had in yeah. in lieu of this of this issue which which was on the fourth of july so these people were forced to come into work and do this on one of the few recognized holidays of the year yep yep again other things catwoman does wrong that she doesn't get punished for uh she breaks holly robinson out of arkham who for all we know was still evil because last time we saw her she stabbed batman killed over 200 people ran off with talia al ghul which was also never explained See, that, that that's that's so strange as well because like he like Conting has a weird relationship with holly like he hates her yes because he's like put all this ed but then he'll like bring her back and be like oh it's all good now here's the wayne manor here's bruce wayne here's you know mm -hmm. it's okay they don't care people people got mad at me in the comment section for i'm like oh good and now catwoman has outed batman's identity as bruce wayne only for people to be like no no joel she already knew i'm like okay then she confirmed it she 100 confirmed it <laughs> yeah, by bringing yeah. this murderous criminal into the wayne manor <laughs> yeah uh yeah and then yeah we find out that holly is, is still a bad guy yes holly might very well still be a bad guy because she goes back to arkham where a bunch of villains may be there but maybe not be there but maybe she's crazy because like why is flashpoint batman there and why is skeets there and gotham girl there they're not evil but even if she was crazy why would they be there because they have no relation to her whatsoever well they're all characters that were in tom king's story because you forget that's the other thing about i know a batman number 50 it's a love letter to the works of tom king because they fight kite man then they go to porky's bar and then all the villains that he's written up until now including hugo strange and the uh ventriloquist they're all there too Oh yeah, it's him going. Well done, Tom. You well, did really well. You did good, Tom. That that'll do, Tom. That'll do. 
I remember, I, th- I think I saw like an interview where he said this is like the, the most important comic of like the decade or something, or he says of the year or something. And I'm like, not really. Did you forget there was something called Action Comics issue 1000? And- <laughs> Tom King is his own worst hype man, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he is. He is. <laughs> it's like we always joke that this will change the face of comics as we know it. Well, now you've built it up too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Batman number 50, a bit of a wet fart. <laughs> but again, to again, not for Matt and I to be like, we told you so, but really, how else could it end? This, this exactly. book, it's indicative of everything that's wrong with Tom King's writing of Batman. A bunch of talking that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? A bunch of people acting completely out of character, and yet we're supposed to like them anyway. Yeah, stuff happening, and then it looked like it's going to get answered, but then it's waved away. It's like, eh, doesn't matter. This this guy, he's the dusty finisher of comic storylines, where it's like, look, see, people people always expect for your story for something to happen, right? Either, you know, something big, something small, they expect something to happen, but me, <laughs> I'm going to blow all their fucking minds, man. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go the other way completely for my story. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's gonna change the face of the comic world. Change the face. He, he's like, man, I'm the Seinfeld of comics. A show about nothing. My Batman run will be a run about nothing, <laughs> and also suicide. That's like the one major theme that keeps coming up. Suicide. <laughs> yeah, it makes me go like, yeah, okay, Tom. Do you, you, do you need you doing hug? okay? <laughs> you want to talk about something, man? You, you can DM me. It's fine. We can talk about it. Because literally all of his bur- books, Omega Man, Suicide, Mr. Miracle, Suicide, Batman, Suicide, Vision. Oh, you better believe Suicide. <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> Did you know I was in the CIA? <laughs> yes, Tom, you also won't stop mentioning that. <laughs> I want to like you, man. I really do. Vision was a masterpiece, and what I've read of Mr. Miracle is really, really good. But, man, am I not a fan of your Batman. Yeah, as we said, he doesn't do very well with, like, mainstream characters that are connected, that, like, in continuity and have, like, a history and way they're meant to act and everything. It's, it's also the thing to where it's like, yeah, I really liked your Vision and I really liked your Mr. Miracle because I don't care about those characters as much as I care about Batman. And yeah. I'm not as innately familiar with them as I am with Batman, like, I'm sure you just made up a bunch of stuff for Mr. Miracle and Vision. I'm like, cool, I buy it. Yeah, they're characters you can do that with. Yeah. And but yeah. uh, Batman, who's had a 75-plus year history, you can't do that. No, and it's okay if they sound like aliens and robots, because they're literally aliens and robots. Yeah, but, but Batman's neither of them. No, he is supposed to be a human. He's supposed to be the humanist POV for the Justice League. <laughs> But he's not. But you know what? That's, that's Batman, everyone. Batman had it rough this week. But you know who else had it pretty rough this week? Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Superman had it pretty rough, too. So I'll, I'll let you take point on this one, Matt, because you're Mr. Superman. Yeah, so we got the ending of the the the, the miniseries from Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, very strange issue. It was very, yeah. all, like, backloaded this series was. Because, sure like, was. this issue was, like... 
I'd say seventy five percent the stuff with Lois and John. Yep. Like like why not spread that out through the the other five issues? You know, instead of those one page yeah. teasers we got. Exactly. It's um, like it's like it changed halfway through. It's like no, this is all about Rogelzar and a little of Lois and John. No, this is all Lois and John and just a little <laughs> Rogelzar. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it kind of felt me. It felt like like he halfway through decided like maybe Rogelzar was meant to die at the end of this this. Mm. A series or something or something was meant to happen to him and they're like no keep him on we'll give superman another villain yeah. so they're like uh phantom zone gets stuck in there then fill the rest of the issue with jor-el and stuff which, like that which talk about another like really they just threw him in the phantom zone after all that why didn't they mention that to start with <laughs> yeah well why didn't they do that to start with <laughs> is that not just a go-to for every superman villain that's too tough just put him in the phantom zone <laughs> Like, the fact that they never even brought that up as an option until Supergirl's like, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't they just go, like, uh, we have this Phantom Zone generator. It's worked in the past. Let's just put him in there. <laughs> also, Rogel's are for being built up as how tough, world-conquering, world-destroying a villain you are. If you can get trapped in the Phantom Zone, then you're not really that tough. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It, it would be cool if he smashes his way out, though. That would be something if they really wanted to sell how important he is. If he just no-sold the Phantom Zone, Projector like doesn't work <laughs> on me. <laughs> I have anti-Phantom Zone generation molecules in my belt buckle. <laughs> or something. But yeah, but yeah uh, we had stuff with him. Uh, we had, yeah, mainly the Lois and John stuff and, like, what happened to them. And yeah. turns out they're just they're off in space. For the summer, to which people keep telling me, no, they'll be back. They were back in Doomsday Clock. We know that. Do you know that, though? Yeah, well, they were back, so. They were, but let us not forget that uh, Brian Michael Bendis came on to write Superman after Doomsday Clock was already in development, and Doomsday Clock has had so many delays right now, it's becoming very apparent that they're changing that book on the fly. That's true, but I don't think something like that would change because it's, again, it's Jeff Johns, and I think he's a little bit higher than Brian Michael Bendis. And you, you would think he was the highest, but he's not president anymore. He's not top dog that's anymore. True. He's actually he, he's, he's a veteran. He's a he's, veteran. Though. He's a vet, but they're also paying Bendis more than they pay anyone. He's getting the highest salary <laughs> of any comic book writer going today at any company. <laughs> so i don't know man i'm scared it's a scary time <laughs> i don't know what's up anymore and also people saying like oh it's only going to be two months it's going to be the summer let us not forget how weird time works in comics brian michael bendis's entire two book x-men ran for about five real world years in the pages of the book it was only about six months <laughs> So you could still have five years with no Lois and John, and people are like, oh, but the solicitations say Lois is back in a future thing. Yeah, they also say Superman's burning down buildings, and we know that's not true, so I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of shapeshifter shenanigans. Yeah, something's going on. Yeah, that was like another thing at the end of this issue. We got like a little continuation of that, that Firestarter story where Miles Morales tells Melanie Moore that there's someone burning down buildings, and it's Superman. Yeah. I, uh, I rattled quite a few feathers when I said Man of Steel 2018 is to Superman what one more day was to Spider-Man. <laughs> I think I ruffled a lot of feathers saying that, but I stand by it because the same thing is essentially done. Let's break up a family in a status quo because we don't want to write it anymore. I, I wouldn't say it was done as badly as that, but I no, know what you mean. No, this is a better written story overall, but still. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's it serviced the same point of Brian Michael Bendis being like, I'm writing Superman now. Oh, my Superman isn't married and doesn't have a kid, so we gotta deal with that. So it's gonna be a little bit sad. It's gonna be a little sad. So that too. So now super. So now Superman can be sad too, and he can be uh, he can be depressed and he can be sad. He can have suicide. Yeah, he thoughts. Can, he can have su- <laughs> Won't that be nice? And Batman and Superman can come together and talk about how sad they are and how bad everything is. Won't that be nice? <laughs> I I did like though he gave us a uh, a really cool explanation of why he's wearing the the suit with the trunks. Oh yeah 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 that was the, the uh, our reason was nice. Yeah, I I didn't think we were going to get one. No, neither did I. It's nice that they put one in there. Yeah, maybe that was something that uh, people want to reason. Uh, his new suit goes with Lois. It goes with Lois to protect her. Which, you know, hey, I was fine if he gave no reason at all, because all the people who continue to pitch a fit about there being trunks, I find them hilarious. Oh, the, and it's only the, like, that's the only thing they're complaining about. They're like, oh, the trunk's back. I'm not going to read Superman until they're gone. I'm like, really? You are I'm going to read something. You, you're not going to read something that's been around for 75 years because something that's been on him for 75 years oh. is suddenly back. Also, hey, if you didn't notice, Bendis in one move basically junked the entire Tomasi and Jurgen two years worth of work era. And this is what you're concentrating on. <laughs> Bendis just blew up one of the best status quo Superman has ever had for basically no reason. Yeah. And he did it it's full. Disappointing. It very is. And he did it full well being like, I'm going to use Jor-El. He's around again, right? Yeah, but he was working for Mr. Oz and he was kind of crazy and he disappeared. I'm going to use him again. But you sh- you probably shouldn't, though. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to have the same motivation he did in that book. Yes. Yeah, but it's going to be good, and Superman's suddenly going to let them hap- let him go with him for basically no reason. John is also going to be a dick and want to go with his evil grandpa, despite the fact that last time he saw him, he tried to kill his mother. He was leading a death cult that tried to blow up the Daily Planet. Apparently, they don't remember any of this. Yeah. Also, John, John, like I don't know why, but he gets like all emotional because he couldn't join the Teen Titans because yes. they think he's a freak. I'm like, no, that's not why. They wanted him on there. They just yes. couldn't because a he wasn't a teen and b he wasn't suited for that. He needed a little bit more training. Yeah, it was it was Damien who was the big proponent of. Oh, you can't be yeah. on the team, which was also like, oh, you you can't cramp my style is what it is. You can't be on the team. Yeah. And then he very incorrectly recounts the events of Super Sons of Tomorrow. He's like, I kill people in the future. Like, oh, Damien does. <laughs> yeah, Damien picks a fight with you, pushes you too far, and then you blow up accidentally and kill a bunch of people. It's Damien's fault. So much to the point, evil Tim Drake came from the future to punish Tim Drake for what, or to uh, punish Damien for what he was going to do to you. Yeah, it, 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 it makes me think that, like, Bendis did read like just the cliff notes mm. or like just saw like just saw panels of these comics be like I'm going to use that and that and that the Titans do but more. but that doesn't work but that doesn't work Brian no. I don't care I'm, I'm gonna do it I'm getting paid more than anyone stop me <laughs> and then also too for a jaunt to be like oh, the Titans didn't want me they didn't want me to jump okay one you sound whiny two half of them turned on you for no reason then that team imploded after that story so why are you holding them up as these great gold standards of superheroing when they couldn't even keep their own team together yeah they're a completely different team a more edgier darker team yeah. which he wouldn't want to be part of now exactly yeah i don't know if you noticed this but your boy damien is killing folks again now and he's put together a murder team 
which some people have also corrected me. It's like, well, they say in future solicitations that, you know, they're not killing people anymore. They're just keeping a private prison. I'm like, oh, oh, a private black oh, ops. That, oh, that's a lot better. Oh, that's a lot better. Oh. It's, it's just a step below murder. It's like, so so they've appointed themselves judge and jury, jailer, but not executioner. Okay. <laughs> not yet anyway. Not yet anyway. Hey, you know, there's a reasons why prisons have to be licensed and bonded, right? What if one of those guys has a heart attack while under Damien's care in his secret Abu <laughs> grave prison what what great teenage material right hey kids let's run our own black site prison <laughs> hey wally do you want to waterboard guys today <laughs> why why has dc gotten all dark and mean again all of a sudden Matt? i have no idea it's so weird just like literally all the books at once they just flip to switch and they're like okay let's be dark and mean spirited again like this is the new 52 yeah. again yeah, they're like, okay, we, we, you had your fun with Rebirth. Time, time to go back. Time to get serious again, guys. We need to really get serious. And by serious, <laughs> I mean a teenager's idea of what serious is. Yeah, which is black site prisons. Mm -hmm. No more happy families. I'm really scared to read Green Arrow now. I'm like, oh my god, are the Bensons going to break up him and uh, Black Canary? Because that would seem to be a place <laughs> to go. Well, weirdly, I really hope not. <laughs> I hope not, too. Weirdly, the only place where things are actually being kept kind of happy is Nightwing, of all things. Benjamin Percy's like, I think Batgirl should hang out more in that book. And maybe they should be in a romance again. And I'm like, yeah, 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 they should. Yeah, well, that stuff was kind of hinted at in the um in that tie the wedding tie-in. Yes. Yeah, so kind of like, like came back in that. Didn't come back in the Batman stuff, but came back in that. That's well, good. It is good. I, I hope that becomes a thing. Again, more people should be reading Nightwing if you're not reading Nightwing right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird, weird time for DC Comics, isn't it? It is. And the, yeah, you, as, we, as we say, like the pendulum swinging, you compare it to like all the stuff that like Marvel had out this week and it was all great. It was a great week across the board. There's just this big Marvel initiative of, hey, let's get our shit together. <laughs> yeah let's actually start making comics <laughs> yeah let's let's start making really good comics again like Ca captain america came out this week fitting yeah it was july 4th ta-nehisi coates i think he knocked this first one out of the park he's like hey man we're gonna be political we're gonna be high-minded but we're also gonna have good superhero shit in there too yeah it, it, yeah i, I love the story of that it's basically secret empire prologue or epilogue yeah it's it's nice that they're not running from Secret Empire. That also seems to be a thing across the board in all the new Marvel Fresh Start books. Stop pretending Secret Empire didn't happen. It totally happened. We have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, and I'm glad they finally are dealing with it. I, I'm really looking forward to finding out like where that like fake Captain America is and what the hell's going on with like um oh who was the other guy that survived that like broke him out of prison but oh. didn't break him out oh kraken yeah what happened to kraken yeah kraken because yeah, kraken, kraken was supposed to be someone clearly they made a big deal yeah. of like under the mask he is somebody but then we never got to see where that went yeah it's uh a mortal hulk was great this week too al ewing killing it with one and done horror stories starring the hulk it was I, I read that uh earlier this morning and it was really good just like mm, like oh my god al ewing i forgot how good one and done stories could be yeah, did you read Cosmic Ghost Rider? I have not, but you were singing its praises, so I feel like oh, I might have to now. I know what Cosmic Ghost so Rider's good. deal is because I read that Thanos book. 
Yeah, oh, this one's so good. He 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 does the what would happen if someone would kill baby Hitler but with Thanos. Oh, no, that's fitting cuz Thanos was kind of his leash holder before. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That 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 book was good. Um what else did I read? Doctor Strange issue 3 was oh, yes. good. That's Fighting this the was the yeah, and what's what's interesting? This wasn't an Infinity Countdown tie-in; it's an Infinity Wars tie-in. Oh, really? So they're starting them early, huh? Yeah, that that was really good fighting the um, the Super Scroll and like their weird sort of like hippie commune of <laughs> scrolls that are like hiding out on this planet uh, for the Time Stone, which was really cool. I uh, I just read Astonishing X Men number thirteen before we started. That's Matthew Rosenberg's yeah. big reboot of that series with Havoc as the leader, and I think Havoc more than anything embodies what I've been saying about Marvel trying to get their shit together. Where he's like, "Man, uh, so I got inverted at the end of Axis, and nobody helped me for like five years, <laughs> and then my brother died, and then my face got all fucked up." And then I lived in the yeah. X Mansion basement. And then I helped Hydra. Boy, I feel bad about that, but I'm okay now. I'm Havoc again, and I want to get the X Men back in order because I noticed you guys have also all gone to shit. <laughs> and like he goes to the mansion, he's like, "Hey, kids, who wants to join Havoc's brand new X Men team? We're gonna fight crime and make people believe in us again." And they're like, "Wait, wait weren't you evil like 30 minutes ago? What is what is even your deal?" And Kitty says, "Look, Havoc, I just I just can't show up on school property and recruit children to your team." And he's like, "What? It's not like you own the name X Men, Kitty. A actually, I do. Charles Xavier left it to me in his will, so I technically do own it. Please get off the property, Havoc." <laughs> <laughs> and then he finds Beast who's working at Harvard and it's like, hey Beast, weren't you helping out the Inhumans deal with the Terrigen thing? Yeah, and then I had a falling out with them so I work here now. And Havoc's like, look man, we gotta get the band back together. We gotta get all the other X-Men in need of redemption. We gotta redeem the shit out of ourselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. It's this wonderfully meta take on everything that's been wrong with the X-Men for the last couple years and Havoc being like, no, we can be good. I know we can be good. Please let us be good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great too because like apparently new dazzler is on the team too and i mean talk about another mutant who's like i can be good let me be good <laughs> <laughs> well well that's good that was good i, I know like i uh, like the x-men are starting to go good so that means the inhumans go away so we had death of the inhumans this week <laughs> how was that because i know you've been following inhumans closer than anyone else i know please please tell me everything i i, I enjoyed it and I, I a lot of people seem to think oh this is just coming out of nowhere and they're just going to kill them all off and that's going to be it obviously it's gonna stay around there's this is just an event for him but yeah this is what this was really cool it's like the kree empire are sick of having the inhumans just loose loose on the world um so so they they give them an ultimatum either join them or die um and that's where we meet this new villain called vox who's like their he's like their one of their horsemen of the apocalypse sort of thing comes after comes after him um well, you think he's coming after like the five tribes, but really he's coming after Black Bolt specifically. Right, because Vox means voice, doesn't it? Something like that, yeah. Uh, which is why he has a a power like Black Bolt's, mm. just like a voice. But he he can he's just like a precision one. Oh. So like um he's able to like make it really precise and like uh, I think he he like blows off um 
Maximus's arm mm. when he's fighting him and everything. Lots of Inhumans die this issue. Damn, they're, uh, they're, they're true to the name, Death of Inhumans. Yeah, Flagman dies, Triton dies. Oh, uh, Triton, Lock, I always Lock, Lockjaw and Maximus die. No, not the doggy. They kill the doggy. <laughs> yeah, they blow him apart. <laughs> oh, they kill the doggy and the jerk brother, but they kill the doggy. <laughs> hey, hey, Maximus was trying to be good. He was. I guess he was trying to make it up. But that's that's good to know that if you like Inhumans, they seem to actually be trying to give them a real send off. Yeah, they they really are. They're trying, and it's Donny Cates as well. So it's going to be a really fun series. The man writes good cosmic, does he not? He does. All right. So I guess moving on from there to something that's not cosmic but is pretty good. Matt and I both got a chance to see Ant Man and the Wasp this week, so we're going to be giving our thoughts. We're going to be doing the big old spoiler cast thing. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, be sure to save this uh, video and come back and watch it later. Although I don't think we'll be spoiling all that much because there really wasn't that much to spoil. Oh no, not really. No, this was very much like the first Ant Man was a nice little palate cleanser after the much more serious Age of Ultron. This is also much more of a nice little palate cleanser after Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, it barely references that until like right near the end, but um Yeah, it's more of like a sequel to the Civil War. Yes, it really is, picking up the slack on that. They kinda use Civil War as a great jumping off point to why uh, Hope, I almost called her Janet, why Hope and uh, <laughs> uh, Scott aren't together anymore, and that is, hey, you went off and fought uh, Captain, or you went and fought Iron Man and everything, and you you didn't call me. That bothers me, and then you got caught, which means me and my father have to live on the run now because of your screw-up. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he basically stole the Ant-Man suit to he do also, that. <laughs> he also stole the Ant-Man suit, which is pretty funny, because it's like, well, yeah, he's a thief, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> It's his go-to job and everything. Uh, Paul Rudd continues to be charming and funny. He plays the drums a lot in this. I think he just likes the drums in real life, and that's what got them to put them in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, as well as it's like a good one of those good things where it's like, oh, he's been locked up for so long, he's learnt to play the drums. Yep. He sure did. He had to do a lot of stuff. They do, like, what is it, this cardboard Indiana Jones thing of trying to entertain that his was daughter so cool. Cassie. That was that really was so cool. cool. It gives her more to do. She really uh, gets more screen time in this one. She does. They're, set, they're setting her up, I think, for stature. Stature for maybe a Young Avengers, maybe for Avengers 4, but definitely the fact that she gets so much more screen time makes me think that they're building up to something. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. This is great. They're thinking about it this early on. And as they absolutely should. You've done the adult heroes. Time to branch out into younger heroes. Yeah. You might as well. Uh what is there? We got Hank Pym back again in all of his grouchy glory. That's always fun. Yeah, the, I, I love Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. I, I remember when, when he was first cast, I was like, eh, older I Hank Pym, know. I don't know. But yeah, he, he's really great. And he get, he gets to suit up this issue, he does. this uh, movie as well. He gets a costume. I thought that's fun. Apparently there was a bunch of Funkos that came out that actually spoiled that, that he gets a costume. Oh, I didn't see them at all, so I, I, I was presently... I actually, like, stayed away from spoilers for this movie for quite a while. It was the only the Funko one that got me, and I'm like, damn it, Funko's got me again. <laughs> uh, we, of course, have new character Michelle Pfeiffer playing the original Janet Van Dyne. The whole crux of the movie is they need to go to the microverse to save her. Yeah, yeah, and I was kind of disappointed she didn't get, like, that much screen time, and when she yeah. did... Wasn't wasn't for very long. Yeah, she's in very little of the movie. From like, well, why'd you make such a big deal about casting Michelle Pfeiffer if she's not even in that much of the yeah. movie? I guess the idea is is that hey, 
we have the female founding member of the Avengers here finally. She'll be important in other movies later. I think she will like be like a uh, uh, stick around for like maybe Ant Man three or Avengers four or something. They definitely make a very big deal like, hey, she's back with vague, unexplainable powers. We promise this will be good later. Yeah, she knows a lot about the quantum realm. Yeah. Which they even say, hey, the quantum realm, you could maybe use that to time travel, possibly. I like that little that little stinger at the end there. It's yeah, a, it's, a, it's a little you'll blink and you'll miss it there. Uh, we have our new villain for the movie, Ghost, who uh, is not the ghost from the comics, but related to the ghost from the comics, which I liked. Yeah, I, I thought that was related to that. And yeah, related to Egg, Ed Egghead as well. That was a nice touch. Another Ant-Man foe. Yeah, um, but I, I wouldn't really call her a villain. No, that's the other interesting thing Ant-Man does. You know, again, smaller scale, smaller everything. Even the bad guys aren't really bad guys in this movie. No, they're just sort of the other side of what Hank and all that are. They, Whereas they, they, they would go to greater lengths mm. that Hank and all that wouldn't go to. They literally, literally are. The first movie was all about, you know, the relationship between fathers and their daughters. That's even more so in this movie because you have a villain team that's essentially made up of father and daughter. Yeah, yeah, which uh, was really cool. And uh, yeah, just speaking of the father and daughter, we have Bill Foster played by uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, nice to see him in here. Yeah, again, and again, we we get kind of confirmation that he was at one point Goliath. Yeah, I like that. I'm like, hey, it was a thing and it happened. Yeah, it'd be cool to see him again be Goliath. I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, he's still alive at the end of this movie, so there's a good chance he might come back. Yeah. So is Ghost. They don't kill off the villain. No, they don't kill off the villains, which I'm like, thank you. That's refreshing. Good to keep them around. And now that Ghost is fixed, basically, could easily see her come back as something. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see her being worked in somewhere and as either a villain, an actual villain, or a hero. I know uh, IGN was saying, like, oh, you know, could this be a reference to the Thunderbolts? I'm like, why? Because Ghost was on one incarnation of the Thunderbolts one time. <laughs> what, 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 oh, Ghost is alive. She's got to be the Thunderbolts. What does oh, that? What? <laughs> okay, IGN. Okay, just, just, just calm down. You had an idea. <laughs> calm, calm down. Go back to explaining how people can watch the seasons of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, calm, calm thine tits, please. I know it's hard to have a new article every couple hours, but calm down. <laughs> but yeah uh, well, we also got the second tier villain walton goggins yeah. playing sunny birch that was fun he's a funny guy walton goggins he's really good i always loved him from the shield and all those kirk sutter things someone ruined it for me on twitter they're like man walton goggins is great but it should have been justin hammer in that role i'm like ah see I, I, I'd like that, but the thing is, that there's more arms dealers than Justin Hammer in the world. It's true. It's true. And, and and he wasn't really an arms dealer anyway. He was more like just like the general black market dealer. Yeah, he was a small town thug and everything. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, I loved his gang. I loved his gang because his gang looked like guys who were kicked out of other gangs. <laughs> like, like most gangs have like a unifying thing where it's like oh we're all gonna wear leather vests or we're all gonna wear red bandanas there's like an indian guy and an american indian guy and a dude with like a bunch of piercings in his face and like a dude who looks like he came from the wire 
hey, these were the only guys in the San Francisco Bay Area that answered his 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 ad on on Gumtree or Craigslist. <laughs> Gumtree. Oh man, Goons List, not Craigslist. Are you <laughs> willing to goon small town black market entrepreneur? <laughs> You know what it is? It's that it's that app that they had in um, was it Superior Foes? Oh, or something. It was in Superior Foes, and then it was again in Ant Man because it was both yeah. by Nick Spencer. Hench is what it was called. Yeah, the Hench. Yeah, app. yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, he got them via Hench. You know, looking <laughs> for morally flexible dudes up for anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Must require truth serum. Oh yeah, that's a great bit. The truth serum bit <laughs> goes the whole movie. Michael Pena once again is the secret weapon of this franchise. He gets a bigger role, and it's deserved. It is. He was really great. I was kind of worried they were gonna like, oh, people like that. We'll just play that up more. Yeah. But they didn't. They did it perfectly. They did just the right amount. He gets an action scene. He's more helpful, but he doesn't like bog down the whole thing. Yeah. On top of that, they've kind of like progressed his character and will progress Scott's as well, where they're like running a business now, where they're like ex-cons running a security firm. Which is actually very much like what Scott did in, uh, what is it, Uh, Nick Spencer's Ant-Man series, only it was uh, Machine Smith and Grizzly he started it with. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was really cool. And the other two guys too, the Russian guy and T.I., they get some funny bits here and there. Yeah, with the Baba Yaga. Yeah, the, the, the Baba Yaga, the Witch of the Iron Four has the Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, the whole effect on Ghost walking through things, it, it's kind of clever because it's like, you know, how do you write a whole action scene around a character whose deal is that he shrinks? Well, you got to set him up against a villain with an equally interesting power. So guy who shrinks versus person who can walk through walls. Yeah, phase their cells and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. They, they get some really interesting fight scenes. And it's funny, the, the big fight is, again, this is the whole movie in a nutshell. The big fight that like you think would be the climactic finisher for any other Marvel movie is itself a piece of misdirection for the bigger heist and bigger thing that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was all great. Again, like, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a heist movie, but it had a heist in it. It had a which heist Which is really feel. cool. Yeah. Which I appreciate that, you know, these Marvel movies, as they go on, they all have their own unique flavor. Oh, oh. Uh, talking about new people, we got to talk about Randall Park as, uh, what is it, Scott's <laughs> FBI handler. Man, I love Randall Park as an actor. I thought he's so funny, and he's really good in this, playing a guy who almost has anti-humor, who's so unfunny. Yeah, play, playing Jimmy Woo, um, which is which is an, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent from yes. the comics, but, but in here he's an FBI agent, because um, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. No. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I liked all his all his parts uh, in the film. I, I liked him that he's like a camp counselor as well, mm. and he, he's trying to do like the magic tricks that Scott does. And yeah, there's a whole there's a whole B plot here about Scott taking up like magic in his spare time. And I'm like, oh, that's funny because you know he's a thief and misdirection is important to him. And also, it's even funnier that he's learning stage magic in a world where we know Doctor Strange exists, so real magic is a thing. Yeah, and, and he does it all just so he can entertain his daughter. He's yeah. had to learn close-up magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, another thing, uh, we actually get to see his ex-wife and her new husband here. They don't have big roles, but I like that they're still around, and I like that this movie kind of shows a positive version of like a divorced family, which you don't get too much in Hollywood. 
it's a progressed version of the first film where yeah. they're at the first film she didn't really like scott anymore because he was like a bum and everything and he he didn't because he was a cop and he was a criminal and yeah. now they've realized that he's ant-man and yeah and trying to do good and everything and yeah yeah i thought that was really cool yeah that they're in on his secret and he liked him and that you know here we actually have a dad of divorce who's not a deadbeat who actually has his stuff together and that's that's his big thing like he's not even worried about saving the world he's worried about you know finishing up his sentence so he can be there for his daughter and probably the best scene in the movie is him talking to his daughter and being like look janet and uh hank need my help but to help them might mean i have to go back to jail and like that would be just terrible for me to do that to you yeah what's really funny as well that sort of scene where he's sort of weighing up the options is the scene you usually see with like the main character and like a mentor character or something not like the main character talking to his kid yeah it's it's a beautiful thing and i'm glad they've zeroed in on this for ant-man being a dad is what makes him unique it's something he has over all the other heroes in the marvel universe yeah he has a family like like that's actually prominent in his story yes and in his life and who are in on his secret yeah which i think is truly wonderful and i hope if the ant-man series continues and it looks like it's going to continue i really hope that's something they continue to focus on yeah definitely uh uh hope i keep wanting to call her janet but she's not janet she's hope van dyme (laughs) Hope gets a ton of development this movie, too. In fact, like, the first two-thirds of it are almost more her movie than Scott's. Yeah, yeah. She she kind of takes over there for a little bit when we finally see the Wasp and everything in her in action. And I like that it was kind of like her being like, look, I could have done this all from the beginning. Yeah. We didn't need Scott. Which which was kind of the joke for the first one, too, where it's like, I am so much yeah. better than this. Why are you giving this suit to this random thief who fell into our lie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they even make fun of the haircut, the Bob haircut, when uh, yeah. Michael Pena starts telling the story. It's like, I'm a businesswoman. This is my serious business haircut. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was good and i'm glad she's just back to her uh what is it uh girl from lost hair kate. yeah just long hair <laughs> just back to kate from lost hair she's just done with it now <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah beyond that there's really not much to talk about because it's like this one just just did a very good version of the story it didn't try to impress in any other ways there's like one really creative car chase that they do but beyond that it's just kind of like it's that man yeah, it wasn't um, much like the first Ant-Man. Wasn't like like world like consequences. Like the no. the villain wasn't trying to destroy the world or anything. It was yeah. just like it was like a businessman who was just trying to steal something. And then we had like the main villain who was trying to cure herself of her powers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's in many ways it's almost truer to the comics that we read, where it's like, yeah, the world's not at stake every issue. Yeah, exactly. Just like the world's not at stake every movie, and I'm glad that Ant-Man can be that one of a smaller scope. Yeah, I'm really glad too. I know some people won't like that because they'll say, oh, where are the real stakes? And it doesn't have to be like that that level of real stakes. There's still real stakes in this film. Yeah, that's part of having a universe too. You can pick and choose the stakes. You know what else I really liked about this movie? And I thought it was going to go here when, when the characters get captured by ghost and lawrence fishburne uh they they seek to imply that they're going to go after cassie yes. but they never do no they never do the bad guys are actually nicer people than you expect the quote-unquote bad guys yeah they're like no we don't do that we're not terrible people like that we're not going to go after someone's family 
That, I thought that was really cool. That was nice. That was a good bit too, where they're all tied up, and it's like, no, let me give you my villainous monologue, where I tell you uh, what we're doing. Oh, sorry, my phone's going off. Oh, sorry, it's really important. So my, I just can I just talk to my. You can keep doing your speech. I just really gotta. Where are my soccer shoes? Oh, oh, sorry, I, I'm sick. I can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> And it's nice, too, that his daughter thinks that his being Ant-Man is really awesome, as any kid would when their dad is a superhero. Yeah, exactly. Even if he's arguably a lower-tier hero like Ant-Man, it's like, yeah, you're a hero, though. You know Captain America. That's awesome. <laughs> Another joke in the movie, too, where it's like, oh, Cap, huh? Well, it's what his friends call him, you know. Yeah, I like how I like how Hope keeps paying him out for that. Like when he turns into like the little kid version because he suits malfunctioning. <laughs> so if only Cap could see you now. If only Cap could see you now. But yeah, it's just genuinely, genuinely good stuff. I mean, should we should we talk about the post credit? Yes, let's. So yeah, they're doing more experimenting with the microverse. Scott goes in, only uh, he gets trapped in there because seemingly Thanos's snap happened and everyone got disappeared. Yeah, everyone like Hank, Janet, and Hope got yeah. disappeared, which is why he's stuck in there. And what was really cool, I didn't see it the first time, but I heard about it after, and I'll have to see if, when I see the movie again. But when when the snap happens, you actually see Thanos in the quantum realm, oh. like 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 a vision of him behind Scott. Interesting. Yeah. I guess this also will go to explain, you know, what was Ant-Man doing during Infinity War? He was doing this. Why Why we will see him or won't see him in Avengers 4. I think we will because that same scene is where they met, they mentioned the, the time portal. And we've seen uh, set photos where, where where's Ant-Man at the Battle of New York from the first Avengers film. So is he like the hero that's like responsible for like stopping thanos that'd be awesome oh i hope so that they just marty mcfly that shit and it's like whoa the smallest of the avengers literally was the one to defeat the mad <laughs> titan he was the one who figured out time travel and did everything else we needed that'd be awesome that would be and you know he would lord that over forever it's like yeah you know i'm at man scott lang i defeated thanos you know saved the universe but it's <laughs> no big deal uh that 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 would be really great uh, did you see the second second one i had the to, second post credits I, I had to leave what was the second one it it's 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 people think it's a really funny thing but it's actually quite creepy it's like it's just the ant playing the drums but like in the background in i think it was the background or the foreground there's the tv with like the emergency broadcast like sound and because of the snap and everything and the ants just going about its day it's kind of creepy <laughs> Yeah, that does sound creepy. That sounds very like, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do we really have anything more to say about Ant-Man? Ant-Man and Wasp was good. It was a fun time, yeah. summer movie, blockbuster type thing. Didn't didn't change the world. We're not going to be talking about it forever like we were in Infinity War, but it was good. It's a nice place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Builds on the first one. Yeah, as you said, palate cleanser after Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> If you were one of those people who was like, oh, you know, I took my kids to Infinity War, but it was way too dark and scary or something, take them to Ant-Man and Wasp. They'll probably enjoy it more. They will. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, Matt? Anything at all? I know it's a shorter one this week, uh, everyone. That's just kind of the week it turned out to be. There just wasn't as much news. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have any closing thoughts, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Me either. Uh, I guess thank you, everyone, for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month if you're not already. We really appreciate it. It's what allows me to pay Matt and keep the podcast up on SoundCloud, which I usually try and upload the next day after the podcast goes live on Wednesday. You can download. You can carry it around with you wherever you go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be traveling uh, tomorrow, so I'm going to need all the entertainment I can for traveling. I got like a six-hour <laughs> flight ahead of me. Oh, fun. Yeah, well, because Canada's a big country, and I'm literally traveling from one end yeah. to the other. To the other, yeah. Of this big-ass, big-ass country of mine. Oh, and I got to take little people with me, too, so we got to figure out how that one's going to work. I'm also <laughs> playing chauffeur as well. Oh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and then i got to show up in Toronto, and I'm thinking where it's like, well, there's going to be no place for me to stay because i got to drop the kids off at my grandparents to where I'm like, okay, am I going to pay 74 bucks for an Uber to take me home? <laughs> I just might. <laughs> Here's a crazy thing about Victoria is I found out there's no Ubers or Lyfts in Victoria. They're one of the only provinces really? that actively fought against ride-sharing. Wow. Yeah. They actively fought against it. What, is that where like all the cab companies are based or something? Or? I, I, I'm sure it's some sort of hippy-dippy thing. Like They either don't like the politics of the two companies or they don't like the idea of cabbies going out of work. I don't quite understand it, but yeah, it's like the only province where we don't have ride-sharing. Wow, that's cool. That's so weird and cool and because we, we we sort of had sort of the same thing as well but it, they like got steamrolled and be like no we're getting uber we need it <laughs> i i guess they like couldn't buy the politicians around here because that's usually what uber and lyft do they have the money to be like hey you know mr lobbyist guess what we want <laughs> we want it here and we want it now oh also too here's a funny story uh so we went for dim sum today which is like chinese brunch and that was really good because they got these delicious pork buns that i love so much but uh, we also ended up catching the tail end of the Victoria Gay Pride Parade. And everyone's throwing stuff around there. And I love free stuff. So I'm like, hey, what do you got? Uh, I got so many beads and so many free condoms. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know what nuts good and nuts. You know, the condoms aren't going to get used. So. <laughs> well, well, that, that see, see, that was the joke I was working on there. It's like, well, thanks, Gay Pride Parade, for assuming I'm going to have way more sex than I actually am. <laughs> Everyone here is so nice at the Gay Pride Parade <laughs> with the free beads and the free condoms <laughs> and the ecstasy. No, Joel, that was just candy. Oh, oh, okay. Candy. <laughs> why am i so high right now though <laughs> i don't know man oh that was the other thing uh, my aunt came back from peru and had coca leaves and it's like yeah you know it's a thing they do for altitude sickness you just chew on the coca leaf a little bit yeah i didn't hear chew so like i was already in the process of eating one like i say one it was closer <laughs> to three when she's like you're not supposed to eat them oh oh i ate three is that a problem yeah, Joel trips balls this episode of the comic multiverse. <laughs> She's like, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but watch out for rapid heart rate and your tongue is probably going to be numb for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I also have this overwhelming need to go steal some car stereos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why are there ninjas on the lawn? <laughs> I don't know, man, but that little guy in the white suit hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> and you know when he does, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
And on that note, everyone, I think we can officially bring this ridiculous episode to an end. <laughs> I think we can. Uh, thank you, everyone. As always, be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter. You can find me on at Cape Joel and Matt at... Matt underscore FOS. They're right below our, our pictures right here. Oh, shit. <laughs> so there you go, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll be back again. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. So until then, bye-bye. Bye.